0: Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.
1: I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Buck Sanders and Jason Staples. And just before we started recording, the astute Buck Sanders said, back in 2015, the season flew by. Folks, 2017, and Buck, I'll go to you first. This season is droning on and on and on. Line from your column today about Carolina's offense living down to expectations. I don't think there's much else to say than that from what we saw in Blacksburg, but your take on it. Yeah, Tommy. The thing is
2: that you kept hoping against hope. You know, in in fact, in the California game, uh, and even in the Louisville game, you you saw some spark of offense. Now, since that time, they've lost Austin Pearl, Thomas Jackson. I don't want to rehash the injury thing again or or even blame the injury situation on where the offense is. But the the thing that I keep coming back to is, is really since the Georgia Tech game, I, I keep looking for and hoping for and uh, l- looking to watch and see if there's going to be some spark on offense, if they're going to find something they previously didn't have, they rip at these guys every week in practice. Maybe they're going to find something in their offense they can roll with. But it, uh, against Virginia Tech, and it's not the team to do it against, Virginia Tech's defense is pretty good. They still haven't found that spark on on offense. Last week, Michael Carter had a couple of good runs. Um, there was some spark there, but against Virginia Tech yesterday, it was just, as I said in my column, the offense like a patient undergoing total organ failure. Uh, nothing was working. No EKG, no pulse, no, no nothing. So yeah, it, it's hard to watch when the team is struggling that poorly, that badly and 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 you're right it it does you know as much as i in particular look forward to football every year i anticipate it the off season to me is the longest part of the year every year but right now during the season seems to be the longest part of the year so uh that that's kind of a a switch for me and and something that I, i'm not particularly happy about
1: Jason, one thing that I thought, and certainly Virginia Tech's defense is legit. Uh, I mean, the those guys, their defensive line has a field day against good offensive lines, and they just shredded, uh, to put it kindly, North Carolina's. But what I saw and what I felt like I saw early is Casarac couldn't hold on to the football, couldn't grip the football. Guys couldn't line up correctly without false starting. I mean. To me, that looks like a case of nerves. It, like in basketball, if you can't hold the basketball, it's because you're nervous. And then to see these things going on, uh, your take on what we saw there, especially early from Surratt, and then the offensive line in general just could not get in sync to get off the ball without jumping early.
0: It's really hard to explain <laughs> what anything that we saw Aside from you know the talent deficit due to the injuries, I mean some of that's uh, you know explainable, but it's really hard to to explain exactly what's going on in terms of difficulties holding onto the ball or you know lining up wrong or whatever. I mean it, I'm not sure what the what the reasoning for that is. I do think that Surratt looked uncomfortable from the jump, and I think that probably suggests that that he he's been more banged up than uh, than Carolina has has. Uh, led on which certainly wouldn't be a first uh in the Larry Fedora era and you know I I think that probably played a factor I mean a couple of the shots that he took and then you know was down on the field afterwards they didn't look like especially bad shots but if you've got pre-existing conditions as uh the insurance companies like to call it then you know those things may may be more of an may have more of an impact so I I wonder how healthy he was coming in I wonder I wonder how many how many reps some of these guys were able to take during the week, but beyond that I mean it's it just looked like a team that at this point has lost a lot of confidence and looked out of sync and really didn't really wasn't prepared for what they were what they were gonna face in blacksburg
1: but let's talk about well, there's not really anything worth talking about during the game. I thought they were <laughs> you know the de- the defense we can talk about that in a little bit, but let's talk about the penalties. And this is something that, Jason, you and I tweeted back and forth and I've talked about, and Greg Barnes has certainly let us know, Fedora's teams are always penalized. Except for 2015, his teams are at or near the bottom of the bunch when it comes to penalties. And they come in all shapes and sizes, whether it's, you know, uh, personal fouls, uh, face mask, false starts yesterday, I mean, in your opinion, what is it with Fedor and his staff? Because it can't always be the guys, and it's not just North Carolina. It was at Southern Miss as well. So, what is going on in that regard? Do you think? And if there's one thing you can correct, I would think that would be something that doesn't matter whether you're injured or lack talent or, or things like that. Your take on that, and maybe I'm just reaching.
2: Well, no, I don't think you're really reaching, and you know the. The bad part about it is, and Jason will remember these days, especially when Bobby Bowden was at Florida State, they virtually led the league every year in penalties, but they were penalties of aggression, going to the whistle and a little beyond those kind of penalties for the most part, um, that's what you, you would look for out of Florida State. With North Carolina, it's harder to say. Particularly, you know, I haven't done this for every game. I probably ought to go back and look at it. Maybe that's an off-season project for me. Maybe I could get started early since.
0: Yeah, just um, go ahead and start now.
2: Yeah, I might as well go ahead and start now. But, like, yesterday, they had, yes, they had 14 penalties. Nine of those were false starts. I mean, if you're looking to resolve the issue from Saturday, that's where you start. And and some of those false starts, believe it or not, were not on the offensive line; they were on the special teams. Trey Shaw got flagged for a, a false start. So did Malik Robinson, and and that also speaks to an issue, which. Uh, We'll get into probably at some point or maybe not. It's a little painful, but special teams, the depth on special teams, when you're missing that many guys. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point, I I don't want to talk about the injury situation so much, but you can't help it when you're missing 20 scholarship players. And uh, Greg, wrote about it, uh, they could have brought 72 people to Blacksburg, but they could only find 65 to get on the bus. And only and 60, them, were
0: sco- 60 were scholarship players. Right.
2: Five of those guys were walk-ons. So that that kind of speaks to the issues that they're having. And so the guys that are playing, you know, 60, 70, 75 snaps on offense and defense, are having to turn around and put in snaps on special teams as well and and it's a different ball game when you're down just by numbers forget about the the quality of players that you've lost it's just a numbers game and, and so that that makes it very very difficult so the false starts nine out of the 14 penalties for false starts there was a one face mask call. I didn't really see what happened with, um, case and Collins. He got a personal foul call. Uh, I don't, I don't know what he did. I didn't, I looked back at the tape and there was nothing there that I, they didn't show what he had done to get flagged. So outside of those two penalties, there, there was really nothing there that spoke to. And, and even Stewart's penalty, I mean, you can get a face mask call and not be a hothead or have lost your temper or any of those things. So it, as far as lack of discipline, it, the discipline that we were talking about is being able to stay in your stance as an offensive lineman without flinching before the ball's height. That's the discipline we're talking about. And uh, the crowd was loud at, at no doubt at in uh, Lane Stadium. Well, as loud as it home gets, homecoming and all that. that loud. But maybe that had an impact. But, but that's that's the issue. If you can just get the offensive lineman, hey, wait for the ball's snap before you get out of your stance. That would go a long way right there to clean up the penalties from Saturday. But. My feeling is that's not always the case. It's not always about false starts and pre snap penalties. It's one delay a game penalty on Surrett. Um So
1: they also ahead. had to call a timeout coming out of a timeout or coming out of a change of possession, which is unacceptable. But
2: yeah. All right. Jason... I was done. I was done ranting,
1: Tommy. So you can go well, ahead I'm not sure that was much of a rant. Not at least what I've seen in the past, Jason. How do... this,
0: this season's taking the energy out of Buck, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah. Jason, uh, I'm gonna have to. The... S-
2: I would start drinking Red Bull, but I'm not sure it's a good idea.
0: No, I think you're going to be drinking some other stuff if I, n- I know how it goes on on this kind of season.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that started a while back. <laughs> even on Sunday, it's been that kind of that kind of year, Jason. How mm-hmm. does? How does a staff – seriously, serious question. As a staff, and honestly, Fedora doesn't seem concerned about it, but how do you correct the penalty issue? Just Not necessarily talking about Carolina. I mean, four false starts on one player, nine false starts on the offense. I can deal with MJ Stewart's face mask. I, I do not understand why an offensive player is allowed to stiff arm and grab a face mask and nothing occurs, and it just looked like it ticked off MJ, and he took it out on the guy. But how do you correct the penalty issue as a coaching staff if you have that problem with your team?
0: I think the first step is that you do care about it. <laughs> so you said it didn't seem like uh, Fedora was concerned, all that concerned about it. Well, the first thing is that, that you make it a point of emphasis as far as one of the little details that you have to, be, that you have to get straight. It's part of what it is to be a disciplined team. It's part of part of what you, you know, what you have to continue to work on. And you have to rep things in practice in ways that when guys commit penalties in practice, they have to pay the price. And, you know, so that's that's a big part of the uh of that of that role. I mean, I, I actually had a similar issue with some penalties with my position group a couple of weeks ago where we normally, as a receiver group, you know you, with receivers, you're not supposed to go on on sound you you, you always look in and, and go on on the movement of the football because there's just no excuse to to jump off sides as a receiver. you're looking at the ball and you you work in there and you know you can tell them that all you want we we'd worked with them on that a little bit, told them that and then we got into a game what this is three weeks ago now, and our guys, on the first drive, we had receivers false start three different times on the same drive, first drive. On one of those plays, three wide receivers jumped off sides at the same time. Now, we're yelling at them, watch the ball, watch, and, they, and then we get back. Well, it was on one, and we're going, we don't care. Watch the ball. We've, we've talked about this all year. Well, you know what? Sometimes talking about it, sometimes – emphasizing that isn't enough so you know they had to pay to pay the price for penalties the next week and beyond that what we did is we changed the way that we practiced instead of doing our usual seven on seven and our you know passing drills and so on where the quarterback you know basically goes on movement where you know you just snap it or the quarterback just gives a go and somebody snaps it the quarterback would go through cadence and call signals and give a go. Go, you know, go through hard count or whatever. And we just randomly snap the ball. Have whoever was snapping it just randomly toss it. And if a receiver moved, then the receiver immediately had to do up-downs. You get pulled out immediately. You go over there and you do up-downs while somebody else is, is getting your rep. We haven't had a, a, a wide receiver jump off since. We've been doing that in practice now for, for a few weeks. That's just how we're doing it now. And, you know, we haven't had, it, we haven't had that problem. Now that, you know, we may at some point, somebody may do it again, but what we, what we did basically addressed it as a system, as a systemic issue. And it was by finding, you know, finding what, what they weren't getting in terms of practice is one thing to tell guys something. It's another thing to require it of them on a day, on a daily basis in terms of that kind of attention to detail. And we got it fixed. That's the sort of thing you have to do. So whether that means, you know, you you make it difficult constantly in practice where on special teams, you're going on hard counts, you're going, you know, you, you try to pipe in noise, you try to do all sorts of different things. Same thing in terms of uh, in terms of offense and defense, you know, you're always doing stuff on hard counts, you're changing stuff, making sure guys are going on on, on this and then they actually have you have to take the time and practice to punish in order for that stuff to to really, to really sit. So it has to be a point of emphasis. You have to focus on getting those little details right and holding guys accountable for those details on a daily basis or it's not going to get fixed in games.
2: Tommy, I mean, uh, if I could jump in a second. Part of Jason's prescription or interesting issue about getting them do up-downs or whatever when they get things wrong and practice and so on and so forth. The announcers on watching the game talked about how tired North Carolina looked in the first quarter. These guys are just beat up and they, they were on, I guess, their eighth straight game without a buy. They haven't had a buy so far, which has been great for North Carolina, right? With all the injuries they've had, they've had plenty of time to, you know, rest guys up, but they've played eight straight games. Next week will be their ninth straight game in a row. And so they're getting to buy very, very late factor in 20 scholarships sitting on the sideline. Who's going to be really comfortable telling name a guy? R.J. Prince or Nick Polino or whoever that fault starts. Hey, give me uh, 20 up downs or 30 up downs or whatever. These guys looks like they look like they're dead, and and there there is an I really believe there's an exhaustion issue in play here. I mean they've been going since fall camp, and they are getting a lot more reps because there's fewer players to get reps in practice. So. You know, what are you gonna do if somebody screws up? Are you gonna have have them run stadium steps from like five to six o'clock the next morning? There gets to be a point where some remedies that might no- normally be there for you just don't make a lot of sense. Might even be counterproductive. I don't know how you fix it either. But this is kind of aside from from Jason's point about uh, how you fix penalties. It's just that. I think this team is physically worn down, and uh, it shows up. It, it shows up in a, in a lot of different ways. And when you're physically tired, you're mentally tired.
1: That's just disagree. another point. That's sorry just another that. point to bring into the mix. Yeah, and I'm sorry for talking over you, but I, I don't, I don't disagree with anything you said there. But this is not the first year they've been. Terrible no, and no. I, and I wasn't. Speak,
2: I wasn't really speaking to the. I really wasn't speaking to the to the Penley situation at all. I was just that Jason brought up that point of you know we discipline them. Well, that just brings up the the fact that they haven't had a bye. They're heading into their ninth game against Miami, and uh, with no break, it just it's
1: just aggravates. That's a bad situation for us. This is unrelated to the penalty situation. Right. Certainly a bad situation. But, Jason, to our point earlier, the season continues. Miami's next week, and then Pitt, and then Western, and then State. So they get a little bit of time off after Miami. But how do, as a, another coaching staff question, how do you keep these guys in it? I mean, you've got M.J. Stewart and the quote in Greg's article From today on the website, I play for the love of the game. I've never doubted myself. I play for the love of the game. And all my boys here, these are my brothers, everybody who plays on that field and who has the NC logo on, they give me their all. So I'm going to give them my all. But how do you keep your guys going? when you? It's one thing to lose and have a tight game, and you can say, oh, if we could just maybe one play. But they got their butts kicked Saturday severely. That's got to be a problem and the morale on top of all uh, everything else we've talked about. Miami coming to town, certainly the potential is there for that to be a repeat of this past Saturday. So tell me how, if you were coaching this team, how you keep those guys on track, keep the locker room together, and keep some sort of not positive outlook, but certainly keep it from going to the negative.
0: Well, I mean, I don't think you can entirely prevent things from going to a negative. I mean, you've got to be honest. Players know when you're, when you're blowing smoke. So you've got to be honest. You can't talk about, you know, goals that aren't, aren't on the table or whatever. With some of the guys, it's easier. With a guy like MJ Stewart, you basically say, listen, you're not just, at this point, you're not playing just for the team here. You're playing for Sundays. So just try to put the, you know, do your job the best you can. Continue to play at a high level and try to give some some good film to the guys that are going to be looking at you, you know, and seeing how you're going to play when your team isn't isn't playing very well. Those guys it's easy. It's easier, right? You just talk to those guys and say, "Listen, you you're in a money year. Go out and just keep earning your money. Do do everything you can to be the best player you can and and we'll try to ride with you." It's the it's the rest of the guys, the guys who are you know marginal nfl prospects or you know not really nfl prospects those guys are are harder to deal with and and at that point you just have to i mean it helps if you are if you if you if you're already preaching process over results anyway it helps a little bit but that's what you have to really do you 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 have to emphasize that what we're working for, toward here is to get better rep after rep day after day do our job and if we do what we're supposed to do and we do it right and we do it with high intensity we do it with enthusiasm the results will come and you just focus on making sure that every rep every day all of those things is 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 done with attention to detail with intensity and with enthusiasm and you know you just can and and you 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 try to work with your players to convince them that outcomes yeah everybody measures by outcomes but what really matters is doing your job right and if you do that then everything then the outcomes eventually follow even if they haven't so far we just keep so, keep chopping wood keep doing things the way that you're supposed to do them fix the things that need to be fixed and do it all with enthusiasm and confidence and You know, maybe, maybe, you know what, Miami maybe doesn't want to play us this week. If we get this stuff fixed, maybe, you know, we're going to, we're going to go in and we're going to, we're going to give them everything they can handle because we're going to do it right this week. We're going to work on, you know, we, we gave up this play. We're going to continue to work on the, the technique that gave that play up, you know, these sorts of things. And you just focus on those details and you try not to get too big picture with kids. You can't get to where, well, guys, we're, uh. We're shooting to make sure we can get that third win. You know, you 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 can't you can't do that. And I honestly, you can't. It drives me crazy when coaches get fixated and focused on wins and losses with players to begin with. You really can't do that. You can't say, "All right, let's go out there and win." No, you go out. That's the second thing. That's a that's a that's a byproduct. Winning is a byproduct. Outcomes are byproducts. You have to preach doing it right we're going to go out there and we're going to do our job right with intensity with enthusiasm do what you're supposed to do and i'm going to grade you on that you're going to grade yourself on that and you know what if they're better than us and they beat us when we're doing stuff the right way fine but we are not going to go out there and not do our jobs and we're, we're not going to make it easy on people. That's the stuff you have to do. You have to preach that from beginning to end. And that message doesn't really change. If you're already preaching that, it doesn't really change. And you just continue to, to, to go with that. And then the only thing that really changes at this point is if, if a player or multiple players look like they're no longer buying in, look like they're no longer doing what they're asked to do or you know they're, they're starting to check out. Then you have to start cutting into playing time and you start, you know, maybe go bringing in a younger guy, bringing in, you know, some other other uh, other other players. If the effort level starts to change, if the enthusiasm starts going away, then 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 you have to pull on that motivation lever, which is just playing time. And, you know, you start to build for the future with the next guy.
1: Good stuff, Jason. I agree there as a coach. I've never coached to win a coach for the process and the wins will come if you do it right. But Carolina could do it perfectly and still struggle to put points on the board, struggle to be competitive in ball games against this schedule.
0: Well, I don't know right. that. I mean, if they did it perfectly, they'd 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 be in ball games. They just haven't done a whole lot of anything perfectly.
1: Yeah, I agree there, <laughs> and not a whole lot left to say. But your column was excellent. Look forward to reading them this week. I know they will be tough. Carolina and Miami and Keenan Stadium on Saturday. 12 noon we'll be with you at the WCHO inside tailgate show that should be fun I'm gonna wrap this show Jason Buck appreciate you joining me thanks Tommy thank you Tommy
0: thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com the independent voice of UNC sports your home for Tar Heel football basketball and recruiting